We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter number 24 this morning in your Bible, if you will, the book of Deuteronomy and chapter number 24. Well, here we are in the middle of our missions month. I know that you've probably already been praying about what God would have you to do in the way of faith promise missions in this next year. If you haven't started praying, I hope that you will. It's a blessing to be a part of getting the gospel out around the world, isn't it? Well, at least three of you think so. I'm going to try that again. It is a blessing to be a part of the, of the gospel getting out around the world, isn't it? Amen. I mean, everyone that gives has a part in all of these missionaries that we support, and even the new ones that we just took on have a part. And I'm very thankful that we can do that. I mean, one of these days, one of these days, the treasure that we've laid up in heaven is going to mean a whole lot more than any treasure we've ever laid up down here. And so we're going to talk about that just a little bit this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 24. Look down, if you would, to verse number 17. The Bible says, Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of the stranger, nor of the fatherless, nor take a widow's raiment to pledge. But thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. When thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field, and hast forgot a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. When thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And when thou gatherest the grapes of, the vineyard, of thy vineyard, Thou shalt not glean it afterwards. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command thee to do this thing. Title of the message this morning, Do You Want to Be Blessed? I think we can see how to do that here in just a few minutes. Let's pray. We'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for your wonderful blessings in our life and for the opportunity that we have a part. We, are, we, we have the opportunity to have a part of getting the gospel out around the world through Faith Promise Missions. And I'm thankful, Lord, this church has been faithful to give. And I pray, Lord, you'd touch the hearts of people that uh, you would uh, begin to deal with them about what they might be able to give through next year, that we can continue to support all of these missionaries. It's a wonderful thing. Lord, that uh, we can have a part in each and every ministry. And now, Lord, as we get on into the Word, we pray for your power. We need that, Lord, liberty to preach, that only you can give, that unction that comes from on high, clarity of thought and speech, and all the things that we need to relay this message the way that you'd have it done. There may be someone here that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and I pray for them, Lord. Only you can deal with a heart that way, and I pray that you do that these even this morning, that they might come to a saving knowledge of Christ before it's too late. Bless and help us in all that we do these next few minutes, we pray. And thank you for your goodness, for we ask all of these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing, and please do be seated. If you attend Riverside Baptist Church... There will be times that you're going to be challenged to give money. 
I'm smiling. It's all good. It's just a part of our worship, isn't it? That we would give to God the way that he would have us to give to God. It's, it's, a, it's part of a meaningful walk with the Lord. He confronts us about a lot of things in this life. And it doesn't take reading the Bible very long at all until we realize that giving is one of those areas that God challenges us with as we grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And although there's not too many that have asked me to preach on giving in the 14 years I've tried to pastor this church, uh, maybe none have asked me to preach on giving in the 14 years that I've pastored this church. I'd really be out of God's will without preaching the whole counsel of God. And part of that is giving. It's part of what we are to do as Christians. So let's do this. Let's try to imagine that we're in missions month with Faith Promise Sunday coming up quickly. Or um, that we have a large church building that needs a lot of care to keep in good shape. Doesn't take much to imagine either one of those, does it? We know that in the course of these things, we're going to be encouraged in our giving to keep things going for the Lord. So here we are in the book of Deuteronomy, and Israel's been delivered from being slaves, slaves in Egypt. Uh, they've been set free by God from what the Bible calls the iron furnace. And we know that it was God that redeemed them. Right. Amen, absolutely. It was God that brought them out of Egypt. Only God could have done that. And from that time, they took a 40-year journey in the wilderness, a trip that really should have been a very short journey, turned out to be a 40-year wandering in the wilderness. But God doesn't waste time, no matter what's going on. It was then that they were given instruction about how to build the tabernacle. Uh, they were given the law. They were given the ceremonial law, the, the civil law, the moral law. And much was accomplished during that 40-year period when they were out there wandering in the desert. The book, of, uh, the book of Deuteronomy is the last words of Moses to the people. And we know that shortly after this time that Moses is going to die and the people will be led by Joshua into the land of Canaan. So for 440 years, these people have been slaves and then nomads. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years and then wanderers for 40 years in the wilderness. So they've had very little chance during this time to have any economic gain. Now, if you're a slave, you're, nothing belongs to you. Everything belongs to Pharaoh. And then out wandering in the wilderness, I mean, uh, if you happen to pack up and move every few days, you're not going to be able to gain a lot of things and keep a lot of things. And so they've not been able to have any real gain. Uh, they would have had nothing at all, really, to tell you the truth, except that God had touched the heart hearts of the Egyptians to give them wealth as they left Egypt. Amen. I mean, even God can use lost people to help us, can't he? That's absolutely the truth. But their situation is fixing to change. No, it's going to take a radical change. It's going to take a radical change for the better. They're going to take possession of houses that they did not build. And they're going to take possession of wells that they did not have to dig. And they're going to be owners of fields that they did not plow and they did not plant orchards that they have not worked it's all going to be their own stuff after 440 years now all of a sudden they are going to have their own stuff it wasn't going to belong to pharaoh it was going to belong to them god was going to give it to them from 400 years of bondage to 40 years of their nomadic life to having great possessions that will belong to them these things will belong to them now i'm talking about houses and fields and orchards and flocks and land it's going to be awesome Come on, can you imagine all of a sudden you have this inheritance? And I mean, it comes from God. 
and you've had nothing for all this time, and all of a sudden you have all this stuff. No, no, I mean from slaves to nomads, wandering in the desert, to property owners, having your own stuff. Come on, everybody likes stuff. Come on, that's why Walmart's full all the time, because everybody likes stuff, and it's going to be their own. They were going to have it. Now, not only does God not condone greed and selfishness, but God puts a plan in motion whereby we might, we might, by his abundant blessings to us, demonstrate his own character of benevolence and generosity. They're going into this land that was given to them by God. It was given to them by God. Fields, flocks, orchards. And God knows that the tendency of man is to become more greedy. You might as well have said amen right there. I mean, you get stuff, and then you want more stuff. And your stuff doesn't shine like the neighbor's stuff, so you want stuff that shines brighter than the neighbor's stuff shines. And then your TV's not as big as the neighbor's TV, so you've got to get a bigger TV, and your car doesn't hold up anymore, so you want more stuff. <clears throat> okay, I'm the only one like that here. But anyway, so God's own plan is to show them a way to demonstrate His own character. God's own character of benevolence and generosity. God's a generous God. Somebody say amen right there. Very generous God. And four of these verses that we read reference us to the strangers and the fatherless and the widows. So God makes it clear right here in this passage of Scripture that he cares for these three. He cares for the strangers, he cares for the fatherless, and he cares for the widows. And he expects us to care for them. No, no, he, he expects us to care for them too. Well, preacher, I know, but you're reading in the Old Testament there. I mean, you know, that's, that's Old Testament stuff. Okay, I understand that. No, I knew where I was reading from. So let's take it over to the New Testament, okay? I studied this out a little bit. Fatherless in the Old Testament means, Old Testament means those without fathers. I know it gets real deep, but it's what it means. But I took it over to the New Testament, and guess what it means? Those without fathers. And we're supposed to care for the fatherless. I'd have to say that even part of the bus ministry here at Riverside Baptist Church is ministering to the fatherless. Come on, it's a great problem in the United States of America, isn't it? That we would reach out to those. I mean, that we would, that we would, no, 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 the bus ministry that we have here is not to escalate the Sunday school count. It's not so that we can have bigger numbers. No, 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 no. It is to minister to those families that are without the help of a father or even a mother at, at these days that we live in. Absolutely so. We want to help them, don't we? Come on, we want to encourage them. And we want them to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Absolutely. No, no, it's, it's a big part of ministry here at Riverside Baptist Church, isn't it? And it, it, and it takes a little bit to keep the buses rolling along the way and keep things going the way that it should go. But we're also supposed to care for the widow. Well, I suppose you're going to tell us what that means. Well, in the Old Testament, it means those without a husband. Those that no longer have a husband. So I went over to the New Testament, and guess what? It means those without a husband. <clears throat> according to 1 Timothy chapter 5, now listen to me now, according to 1 Timothy chapter 5, if she has no family to take care of her, we're supposed to assist the widows by those guidelines in 1 Timothy 5. And it really should be a concern of the church to take care of good, godly widows. Come on, and we do that around here, don't we? Somebody say amen there. 
I'm telling you, it's a good thing when we would give in such a way that we can take care of those that are not able to take care of themselves. That we would help people there along the way. God said we're supposed to, we're supposed to be mindful of the fatherless and the widows. We're supposed to take care of them. And we try our best to do that right here at Riverside Baptist Church. But it takes giving. It takes the giving of the church that we might be able to continue to do those things. And then it talks about the stranger. And stranger in the Old Testament meant a foreigner. A foreigner. Uh, those that weren't from Jerusalem, those that were not God's people, men of foreigner, a stranger. We know that America is a land of multi-ethnic backgrounds, isn't it? Multi-ethnic cultures. And a big part of our population here in the United States of America is those that were not born American. They can become American legally, can't they? Amen. Come on. But, but a big part of our population is that those that were not born American. So I went over to the New Testament, and the New Testament application for strangers is this. Get this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 says, That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. So we can be assured that the New Testament application of stranger is those that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we're to care for them. You know, Riverside Baptist Church is to care for them. We are to care for the stranger. Um, we're to care for the lost. And uh, it's going to take money to reach them, isn't it? It takes money to send missionaries around the world. It takes money to buy gospel tracts. It takes money to keep running those buses and reaching out to our community. The New Testament church is not here so that we can just have a place to go visit with our friends. Although I love the fellowship that we can have here at Riverside Baptist Church. The New Testament church is here that we might reach the lost with the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why God left us here. So that we might reach out to those that do not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Saved from their sin. That they might know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It is very important, isn't it? That God cares for them, so we should care for them. We should be doing everything we can to reach out to those so God cares for the fatherless and for the widow and for the stranger. And according to this passage of Scripture, He wants us to care for them too. Well, where do you get that? Verse number 18, we read it there. But thou shalt remember, stay with me here, but thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. And the Lord thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. Verse 22, and thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt, therefore I command thee to do this thing. Now, who is it here was speaking? You think it's a trick question? It's not a trick question. It was the Lord. It was God. He was speaking to his people. And it's as if God is saying, now Israel, where would you be if it were not for me? And they would have had to answer something like this. Well, Lord, we'd still be in bondage. We'd still be fighting that old life. We'd still be living life with no hope. 
Or else we'd still be nomads wandering around in the wilderness. If it wasn't for you, Lord, I mean, we would not be in a good place. We'd be in a bad place. And it's like God says, okay, then you show the kind of care that I have showed to you for the stranger and for the fatherless and for the widow. And they may have said, well, how, God, how do we do that? He said, do this thing. Therefore, I command thee to do this thing. Well, what are we supposed to do, preacher? Verse number 19. It says, when thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field, and hast forgot a sheep in the field, thou shalt, know again, uh, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, uh, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. So here it is. He said, once you get into Canaan, and you begin to reap these fields that I've given you, and you're leaving the field that day, and you look back in there, and there's still a sheaf or a bundle, there's a stack in there. Uh, whatever you do, don't go back and get it. Well, well, hold on just a second, God, that's mine. No, no, God says, well, you're already getting greedy. Well, so why does God want to leave it? Well, he wants to leave it for the stranger and for the fatherless and for the widow that they may go there and glean the fields, that they may get what they need, those that are in need. Come on, God's welfare program is that people went out there and they picked up what was left. They gleaned the field. They worked for what they got. No, it's God's welfare program. I, I like it. And then he says this in verse number 20. When thou, when thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. So he said, when you go down there and you beat on your olive tree, the, the, uh, the olives that fall out of there, pick those up, believe the rest. See, when olives begin to ripen, they would take these long poles and they would just beat the branches of the olive tree. And the olives that were ripe would go ahead and fall to the ground. And God said to these people, he said, once you've beat the boughs one time and all the olives are picked up, just go ahead and leave the rest. Well, how come? Well, for the fatherless and for the widows and for the strangers. Leave it there for them to glean those things. I, I've, never, I've, never, I've never even seen an olive tree. I, I do have an olive from a tree over in Jerusalem in my shelf, over the, uh, in, in my office, but I've never seen one. But I've seen pecan trees. And I can remember as a boy going out there and, and uh, the older boys getting up there and shaking those limbs real hard. And you better not be standing under that thing unless you want knots on your head, all them Pecans falling out of there. But anyway, that he, said, he said, the olive trees, once you beat those branches and they've all fallen out, you pick those up, just leave the rest. Then verse number 21, we're making good time here. It says, when thou gatherest the grapes of thy vineyard, thou shalt not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. He said, when you go out there and you pick all the grapes out of the vineyard that I gave you, everybody following me here? the vineyard that I gave you, once you've picked those grapes, when you're leaving at the end of the day, and you might look back into your vineyard and you see some grapes hanging there that you missed, don't go back and get them. Don't go back and get them. Well, how come? Well, I want you to leave them for the stranger and for the fatherless and for the widows. And somebody might be sitting in here and saying, oh, well, that's fine, preacher, whatever, you know, uh, but I don't have an olive tree. And I don't have a vineyard either. And I don't have any type of wheat field. I don't have that. 
Well, let me ask you this. Do you have a salary? Do you ever get overtime? Um, have you ever gotten a refund from something? Or maybe a, an inheritance? Some of you want me to go talking about olive trees again, don't you? Yeah. And by the way, one-tenth of all of our increase belongs to God. Absolutely so, it's His. Yeah. And we may not have a field or an olive tree or a vineyard, but we have some means of sustaining ourselves. I mean, our salary is the means that God gives us to sustain ourselves. I'd stop right there, preacher. You just stop right now. I tell you what, I work for my money. God says, I make a way for you to have what you have. So uh, don't use it all. What? What? Do, do what? What? Don't use it all for you. Don't use it all for you. Okay? Let's whittle it down a little bit. You get your paycheck and you sit down and figure out your bills. Everybody has bills. and You pay your car payment and you pay your electric bill and you pay your gas bill. And you have food, uh, money for food, groceries. Uh, you have to buy gas for your car. Then you pay taxes and more taxes and then a little bit more taxes. Get that out of the way and you have to pay for your insurance. And by the goodness and grace of God, you have a little bit left over. A little left over. And so now that you have a little left over, you can, I, I'm telling you, you can go out and eat every chance you get. And that's going to be wonderful. And you can save a little bit more for next week and maybe a couple of different weeks. Then you can put that all together and go buy a new suit. Or ladies, you can go buy you a new dress or put a little more with it and put a down payment on another car. And then have another payment. You can do that. Or, or we can save it up a little bit more and we can take it and go on out for a vacation. And we get back from vacation, we have a little bit left, so we can go down to Walmart and get a bunch of stuff that I really don't need. And then we go to church, and we hear about missions and giving, and we say, how in the world am I going to have enough money to give to missions? Good grief. How am I supposed to be able to help out with all that goes on around the church? Everything, it just seemed like everything around here costs money. Well, according to what I can tell from the Bible, God intends for us to leave some to take care of the stranger and the fatherless and the widow. Maybe, just maybe, it could be that we don't need everything we think we need. Could be. And somebody might say, well, I tell you, I, I already tithe. Well, but back during this time, the people were already obligated to give 25% through the different offerings that they gave throughout the year. 25%. 25%. God just asked us 10%. And then our faith promise after that. And our giving after that. Free will. You're going to make us give? Heavens, no. Here's the thing about that too. Are you still listening to me? God doesn't make us give. He doesn't make us give. He wants us to give out of a heart of abundance. Abundance of what? Love. Love for who? For Him. 
Uh, Riverside Baptist Church, where would you be if it was not for me? Well, probably still wandering the pool halls, bars. I'd still be lost and on my way to hell. I'd still probably have no real direction for life. Are y'all following me here? No, no. If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't even be sitting here this morning. I mean, we wouldn't have anything good. Come on, everything good comes from Him, for sure. And He wants us to be a part of His work. And it really amazes me, really, that He allows us to be a part of His work. I'm so very thankful that we can be a part of what God is doing. And we can not only be a part of what God is doing right here in St. Joseph, America, we can be a part of what God is doing around the state and around the country and around the world in our giving as we choose to give. But we have to choose to give. And we know that the tithes and the offering, the tithes of the church, they keep the church going. They, they allow us to do the things that we do around here to keep, keep the lights on, keep the air going, keep the heat going. Winter's coming. We need to keep the heat going. They allow us to keep the buses running. They allow us to do the things that we do around here. Thank God for people that are faithful to give their tithes. Thank God for that. And I can't say that sincerely enough. And then there's offerings above that. So many times we have special needs around here, and we do take up special free will offerings for people if they have a need in their life. I mean, it's, it's not uncommon for us to take up free will offerings every once in a while that we might be a help to God's people, that we might be a blessing to someone else. Because it's not all about us, is it? No, it, it's not. It's not. And then we have faith promise missions where we pray and we ask God to give us an amount that we might give on a weekly basis or a monthly basis throughout the year that we might continue to support missionaries and take on more missionaries. And I'm very thankful. I'm very, very thankful for the, for the uh, uh, very uh, uh, generous giving of the people of Riverside Baptist Church that we've been able to take on more missionaries almost every year. In the 14 years that I've been here, we've taken on more missionaries and more missionaries. Very, very thankful for that. Ah, you preachers, good grief, always trying to get your hand in our pocket. I knew if I hung around here long enough, you'd be talking about money. What are you trying to do? You trying to break us? Well, verse number 19, the last part of that verse says, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. This is not a pathway to poverty. This is a pathway to blessing. Absolutely so. Well, how do you know that? Well, I know it for sure because the Lord has blessed my wife and I tremendously where I can't even figure it out. As we give, God just blesses. And as God prompts us to give more, God just blesses. And He just keeps on blessing. That God might bless you in all the work of thine hands. So get this. This is not just being blessed in your bank account. But this being blessed in your church attendance. This is being blessed in your Sunday school attendance. This is being blessed in your witnessing for the Lord. This is being blessed in your marriage. This is being blessed in the raising of your children. This is being blessed in drawing closer to God. And surely you want to be closer to God.
Well, preacher, I don't. I just don't know. Well, Luke chapter six, verse thirty-eight says, "Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure that you meet with, all it shall be measured to you again." It's really a wonderful thing how God multiplies, isn't it? Come on, you givers, help me out a little bit here. It is a wonderful thing as you give how God will make sure your needs are met. I mean, the needs are met. All those years of traveling, 16 years of being in evangelism, traveling and living in a living in a fifth wheel and out there just working week to week, going from different church to different church, week after week after week. Me and Miss Pam, we never lacked for anything. The need was always met. The need was always there. No matter what went on. Something broke down, God supplied. Something fell apart, God supplied. We got sick, God supplied. I mean, God always supplied the need. I didn't say he will always supply your greed, but he will always supply the need. And he really does it abundantly, doesn't he? I mean, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the suit of clothes I have on. I'm thankful for the shoes I have on my feet. I'm thankful for the house that I have to live in. I'm thankful for the pickup I get to drive. I'm thankful for the car my wife gets to drive. I'm thankful for all these things, of which I probably would not have half of it if it was not for the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God loveth a cheerful giver. <clears throat> we know that God loves a cheerful giver. We Baptists, we say, we'll take it from any old grump. Okay, nobody brought a sense of humor this morning. Anyway. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. Preacher, you're just trying to twist our arm to get us to give? No, I want you to purpose in your heart what God would have you to give. And that's why we say pray. To pray what God would have you to give as far. The first hymn sent belongs to God. That just belongs to God. Absolutely. No, it's his. It's, come on, he could have asked us for 90%, couldn't he? Sure. First Tim sent belongs to him. It's his. And then above that is our offerings, tithes and offerings. We tithe to prove we're honest because that belongs to Him. We give offerings to prove our love. We purpose in our heart that we'll give the way that He would have us to give. Not grudgingly or of necessity because God loves a cheerful giver. I'm pretty sure that God still cares for the stranger and the fatherless. And for the widow. And uh, the question is, do you want to be blessed? Well, preacher, good grief. Of course, of course. Yes, I want to be blessed. But do you understand, preacher? Come on. Do you understand that I've got to live my life too? And, And come on, pastor. There are some things that, you know, there are some things that I want in this life. Well, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This life is not about things. This life is about what we might do for God after we know him as our personal Savior. Maybe it's time that we reevaluated our giving to God. And just made sure that we're doing everything the way that he wants it done. Let's all determine to be a part of what God's doing here. 
at Riverside Baptist Church in St. Joseph, Missouri, and around the world through our giving, that we would give the way that God would have us to give. And again, I hope that you're already praying about what God would have you to give as a way of Faith Promise Missions this next year. And if you're not, I want to encourage you to do that. Here in a couple of weeks, we'll have Faith Promise Sunday. We'll turn in our commitments. We'll see what God's going to do in this next year. I would like to think that uh, the commitment this year will be bigger than the commitment last year. Well, how come? So we can help more missionaries and do more for the cause of Christ. No, no, no. It's all about Him. And it's all about His work. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? When we can uh, be a part of things that are going on on the other side of this world. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I hope you'll think about and pray about your giving and what God would have you to do. You know, if you're not tithing, faith promise is really not for you. It's, it's not. First, you give God back his part, what already belongs to him. And then missions is above that. It's what we give above that. And if you're not tithing, I would encourage you to tithe. Preacher, I just can't afford to give. I can't afford not to give. No. no. Well, you know, I tithed once. It didn't seem to work. You, You tithed once? Let me encourage you this way. Tithe for 90 days. Tithe faithfully for three months and see what God will do. It's amazing to watch Him work, isn't it? I mean, truly, truly. Well, good grief. I mean, you got to do that to be a member of this church? No. We don't check records like that. But if you want to be blessed... Come on, I'm not trying to twist your arm to give. I'm trying to get you to listen to what God would have you to do. Because I see God bless over and over again those who are just faithful to give the way that God would have them to give. Let's all stand. Stand with me for a minute, if you would. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I don't know how you may have spoken to people's hearts this morning about their giving and what you'd have them to do. We're trusting you to speak to their hearts about what they would give this next year in a way of faith promise giving. But there may be those in here that are not tithing. I pray, Father, there may be members of Riverside Baptist Church that are not tithing. I pray, dear God, please, you'd touch their hearts about that because I want them to be blessed the way that you want them to be blessed and that they would prove you. They would prove you by just doing what you ask them to do. And then, Lord, we want to do more in the way of uh, world missions. And I pray, Father, that uh, our commitment here in a couple of weeks would just be a wonderful blessing to you. Whatever you would have people to give, that's what is by faith. They would choose to do that, trusting you to supply for them. Bless this time, Lord, of invitation. Um, I just ask that people would yield to you however they might need to and we'll thank you for what you do for we ask it all in jesus christ's name our heads are bowed our eyes are closed some are praying cole's going to sing we're going to take just a minute you need to come maybe talk to the lord about what he'd have you to give we'll take a moment you let god have his way
blood that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God I come I come another verse just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blood to Thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God. quietly here if you would be seated for a minute if you will uh we did have we do have the faith promise cards in and these will be on the information center uh, back there stop by the information center after service pick up one of these where you can begin to pray if you have not already about what uh what you would give it's it's a it's a, a new card that we got this year it's got uh well, we'll talk more about it, but it's got a place where you can check off what God you feel like God would have you to give on a weekly basis, and we'll talk more about that. Then it's got a little thing you can tear off right down there, put on your refrigerator to remind you what you told God that you would give. <clears throat> we look forward to picking these up, to taking these up on Faith Promise Sunday so we can figure out how much that we are going to have to work with this next year and how many missionaries, how many more missionaries we can take on and be a blessing uh, to. Don't forget to pray for Miss Aurora Heckle's uh, uh, family, her and her family, and the passing of her mom. I know she appreciates that very much. We've got a few announcements, and then we'll be dismissed. Hey there, happy Lord's Day, and thank you for joining us for today's services. Let's look at some announcements. First off, choir members, we're going to be having the Christmas practice November the 6th from 12 to 4 p.m. Make sure to be there. And if you have a child and you need some child care, it's going to cost you $2 per child. And there's a sign-up sheet at the information point. Don't forget about the time change on November 7th. That means you need to set your clock back an hour so that you won't be late for Sunday school. Don't forget to fall back. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, the Harvest Banquet is going to be on Tuesday, November 26th here at the church. And that will be our midweek service. Make sure to stop by the information station on your way out and sign up for that so that you will not miss that. And we need to have accounts so we know how much food to prepare. And I believe that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Lord willing, we shall see you at the next service. I don't even know what to say about all that anyway. Uh, I'm going to allow the uh, bus workers, all the bus workers, be dismissed at this time. Get out and get ready to uh, to roll. Uh, appreciate all of our bus workers around here. Very, very thankful for them and their, their willingness to get up early on Sunday morning and stay out and work Sunday afternoon. Thank God for for them. Let's all stand. And Brother Andrew is going to come and, and uh, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Also, just real quick, we made this announcement Wednesday night, but on Tuesday, uh, Brother John Overturf has put together a bird hunt. If you're interested in that, please stop by the Information Center, sign up for that. If you have any questions, Brother John, would you mind raising your hand real quick? See Brother John Overturf. Uh, he's got to turn those numbers in today or tomorrow. Is it tonight? He'd like to know, so if you had to go 
uh, to work to see if you can get some time off on Tuesday. But if you have any questions, uh, get with Brother John today before you leave. Let's be dismissed word of prayer. Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to be in your house. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Lord, uh, so often uh, preaching and teaching about, about money and about our finances, it just uh, kind of sometimes can rub us the wrong way. But the truth is that the only reason why we have the money or the finances that we have is because you've allowed it in our life. You've blessed us with the strength to work or the health to work. And I pray that as we depart, that we would uh, even now consider praying about what you would have us to do for Faith Promise. Lord, I'm thankful uh, to be able to give toward the Faith Promise Missions Program here at Riverside Baptist Church and to see uh, all that you're doing, not just in the missionaries that we support around the world, but Lord, even through local church ministries here, uh, Lord, at Riverside. We ask that you give us safety as we go. Bring us back tonight, Lord. Looking forward to what you're going to do in our evening service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are dismissed.